Church. How is everyone doing? I want to ask how many are new, and then I thought that would be like 90% of the church today. I know there are like 30 people upstairs as well. So I'll go ahead and ask anyway. Who's here for the first time at Riverside Lisbon? You are very welcome. It's so good to, um, if you know, since it's your first time, you probably don't know. The Riverside International Church, we have community of people from almost every continent in the world. And we have people from uh, like 30 plus countries every Sunday gathering. So it's just amazing to worship, especially on a day like this, on Easter, to worship the one king representing from different parts of the world. And he's, as we are singing today, the, the worship team beautifully led us. We are remembering and celebrating the love God has for us. He gave himself for us. What a beautiful savior he is. But on a Easter, we are not celebrating that especially, are we? We are celebrating the fact that after giving up his life, he didn't stay dead. He wasn't in the tomb forever. After three days, he rose from the dead. And people put Christianity in a box. Oh, this is another ethical religion of the world. But we are not celebrating the dead founder of an ethical religion from 2,000 years ago. We are worshiping a living savior who rose from the dead and who is here with us right now. Amen? Amen. And I know Pedro in the beginning said, turn to your neighbor and next to you, people sitting in the chair and say, Jesus lives. And I want you to say, Jesus lives, so shall I live. Go ahead and say that. Jesus lives, so shall I. Jesus didn't stay in the tombs. You missed that part. He rose from the dead. He was vindicated. He was risen. But I want to take a step back. And before we say these words, uh, Jesus rose from the dead. What does that mean? What does this resurrection mean? He was killed at the cross. Okay. And he died. But he's not dead anymore. And what does it mean? How do you see that? And there's a lot of TV shows these days. And we know how zombies look, although they are not a real thing. And we know how spirits looks. I haven't have seen one yet, but they say they, they float in the air. How did Jesus come back? What does this resurrection mean? That's what we're going to study today. And we're going to study why is it so important to understand what this resurrection is. And... Above all, why does it matter to you today? In 2023, talking about a story 2,000 years ago. As we always do at our church, we're going to open up the scriptures and study the scriptures and see how God shapes our mind to understand these questions. So let's open up to Gospel of Luke chapter 24, the resurrection chapter, one of the best narration out of the four Gospels. And I'm going to ask Viviana to come up, please. She has a dramatic voice, by the way. And I would kindly ask everyone to stand with me, if you can, as we read the Word of God from the screen. Now, while they were telling these things, Jesus himself suddenly stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were looking at a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you frightened? And why are doubts arising in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I, myself. Touch me and see, 
because a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you plainly see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, while they, were still while they still could not believe it because of their joy and astonishment, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They served him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in front of them. Now he said to them, These are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things that are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, So it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Amen. Thank you, church. Uh, you may take your seats. Thank you, Viviana. So the incident we just read, the passage that Luke narrates, happened in the evening of the resurrection day, right? So let's go back what happened in the morning. So in the morning, early in the morning, Mary and few other women, they go to the tomb to just check it out how the body is because they were wrapping up his body in a very hurry because the next day is Sabbath on Friday. So they went, but the tomb was open and there was no Jesus body laying there. And the Gospel of John says Mary actually saw Jesus alive talking to her. So Mary was scared. She ran back. And she told Peter and all the other disciples, like, guys, I saw Jesus. And they were, mm, sure. So they went back running. Peter ran back to the tomb. And he saw the same thing, but he didn't see Jesus. He just saw the tomb was open, the stone was rolled away, and there was no body. So he was confused. He went home. So they were still waiting. We don't know what's happening next. And then the story moves on and shows Two other disciples, they are walking from Jerusalem back to Emmaus. It's their home village. And on the way, Bible says Jesus joined them. And they were talking to him about what happened to Jesus, to Jesus. Have you ever been in a situation where you complained or told a story about, about someone to the someone himself? I've been there once. It was awkward. I got to change it saying, oh, no, I meant very well. I... That's what's happening. They were just telling the story about Jesus to Jesus because in their mind, it's impossible for a dead man to be alive. So they didn't even get it. And when they figured out later, Jesus left the place. So they went back and told the Peter and disciples again, like, guys, we saw him too. So it's an evening time. They were in a room. That's where this passage enters. So I want to take a break here. Before we go and read through the passage again, one by one, I want to say, I know some of you are thinking, maybe thinking that, I get the whole Christianity thing, you guys are good, I like the community part, I like the love part, but the whole coming to alive thing, man, I know science. I've been there, I've studied. And especially our generation is very quick to call every other generation not so smart. 
will just turn around and say, oh, they're just illiterate people. We are the modern scientists of the world. I want to show you how the disciples reacted when Mary and the other women told them what they saw. Luke 24, 11 says, but these words appeared to them as what? Louder? Nonsense. Nonsense. And they would not believe the women. They might not know the science behind what happens to a dead body, how it get decays, how the pe things change inside the body. But they know one thing, dead people stay dead. They are not going to come alive. And they know that much. They are not going to funerals and saying, maybe I will see this person tomorrow. Who knows? They're not doing that. And the disciples just didn't believe as soon as someone said, oh, I miss Jesus so much, so it may be true. No, no, they didn't do that. They were very clear in their worldview of how they see things, that when someone dies, they stay dead. They know what a living body looks like, and they know how a dead body looks like. And that's why this whole thing about they're becoming frightened and they're becoming shocked, because they don't have categories in their worldview to understand these things. In ancient times, there were different worldviews, right? And, and even today, there's, these worldviews exist. And one of the worldviews that says, if you die, you stay dead, and you just stop existing. It's just, I think Steve Jobs said something very surreal, like he said, it's like turning off a switch. Boom, you're gone, you don't exist anymore. And there's another worldview that says, well, when you die, you become a spirit, you just float around, I guess. You help the people that you love. I don't know how that works. Or you take revenge in horror movies. Another worldview, it's, it's uh, most Asian. Uh, it's, it's a reincarnation. You become a part of the nature again. You come back as a different being, different human or, or animal, and however it is. So even for Jewish people in the time, the disciples, they believed in resurrection, but not in this way. They believed in resurrection at the end of the world. When everything ends, the righteous people will come back alive and they will reign with Jesus. Not Jesus, reign with the God. That's what Jewish people believed, right? So, and that's why they are so confused. Why is someone that I just saw killed, why am I seeing him again in the middle of history? Why is he coming back again? And that's why Jesus had to say this in Luke. And he said to them, why are you frightened? And why are doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. This is I myself. Touch me and see. Because the spirit does not have flesh and bones as you plainly see that I have. So Jesus says, check it out. Come, investigate. And even when Peter went to the empty tomb, the Bible says, in English, it says he saw, but in the Hebrew word, it's he looked, he looked for clues. He looked for what's happened there. He tried to find out what happened there. And that's what Jesus is saying. Come check it out. See my scars. See my flesh. See my bones. Touch me. See me. And the, the best of all is what I like here. Bring me some food, some fish. Let me eat some fish to show you that I am not a spirit. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a physical bodily resurrection. Not as a spirit, 
not as a decayed body walking. He came back to life physically in a resurrected body with flesh and bones. He can see and he can be seen and he, he can eat some good food as well. I'm not going to spend the whole morning here defending resurrection. If you're interested, there is a brilliant book called The Resurrection of Son of God by N.T. Wright. Just 900 pages. <laughs> I know you guys are, uh, your cruise came in a cruise ship, yeah? You can go back and read on your way back, maybe. <laughs> it, it's a brilliant defense. It, 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 it takes on every, every assumption of, oh, this could have happened, this could have happened. And then he explains the only possible explanation is he really came back to life. And, I, and, and the reason I'm spending this first half is why is it important to understand Jesus was physically alive again? Why is it important to understand the resurrection accurately? See, if you take out the Christmas story from the Bible, but before I go there, who loves Christmas more than Easter? Well, I didn't even finish the question and people are going up. <laughs> Easter more than Christmas. Or which say? Who's Christmas? Who's a Christmas person? Okay. Who's the Easter person? Okay. Okay. So half and half. That's good. See, if you take out the Christmas story from Christianity, you will lose a couple chapters in Matthew, a couple chapters in Mark, and that's it. We'll, we'll still be okay. But if you take out the, the final week of Jesus and resurrection, that's like half the Gospels. And pretty much you don't have New Testament. You don't have Christianity without resurrection. And Paul beautifully explains resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And you can read the chapter when you can. Here are some highlights from the chapter. It says, if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith is also in vain. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless and you are still in your sins. When I, we, we had our life group and, and, and Josh was asking this question, explain the gospel, and everyone took a turn of explain the gospel. Somehow, it was so funny that everyone left our resurrection. They went like, Jesus died for our sins. He, he went to the cross. He took our sins. He died for us, and we can be saved. And the story ended. But the Bible says, if he hadn't been raised, you are still in your sins. If Jesus didn't come back to life, we don't have life. And that's why it's important to understand the resurrection clearly is, if my preaching is in vain if there is no Jesus alive. And we have been preaching at Riverside that everything in the Bible points to Jesus. Every bigger story, every smaller story, the plot line, the bigger plot line is always curving towards Jesus. And nothing makes sense if this Jesus wasn't vindicated from death, if he was still dead in the tomb. See, there are several people before Jesus, when Jesus was living, even after Jesus, who claimed to be the Messiah, who claimed to be Christ. Okay, Jesus was not the only one. There was other people in the history that they said, hey, I'm the Messiah sent by, sent by God. And they usually are killed by the Romans at the time. 
and they were sent to the cross or killed by other ways. And they stayed dead. They didn't come back to life. They didn't, you, you don't see another group of disciples claiming that they saw those persons again. And that happens only to Jesus. And, and the reason I was saying is, even the disciples of Jesus exactly thought the same about Jesus. They weren't expecting him to see him alive. Even after he told him, told them that I will be back, they weren't expecting him. Messiah was not supposed to die, according to them. He was supposed to reign as king. He was supposed to build God's kingdom. He was supposed to free his people, the Israel. His enemies will be scattered and there will be an everlasting joy. And that's how they looked at, this is how the king is going to do it. The king doesn't die. Well, he died. So he's probably not the Messiah. Even the two disciples on the way to Emmaus, they were saying that we thought he is the one. We thought he's the one that's going to rescue Israel. But he didn't. But he died. But you see in the Bible, you, we, when we look at one prophecy, we got to like try to reconcile the whole Bible. And there's another prophecy in Isaiah that says this king, well, they didn't say king, the anointed one, the Messiah, was supposed to suffer, was supposed to be rejected, despised, and killed. For our sins, for our transgressions, he was supposed to take the penalty of the death. So on one hand, you see, Scriptures claim that he is the king. He's going to reign forever. He's going to defeat evil once and for all. At the same time, it's, the scripture says he will suffer and die. How can he suffer and die and be a king? That doesn't make sense. How is it possible? Which one is true? Is he a king or is he going to suffer and die? Both. How can we make both true? The empty tomb. That's why resurrection matters. If, if there is no resurrection, these two doesn't make sense. How can a, a king suffer and die for our sins? And he can also reign if he doesn't come back to life. And Jesus was precisely explaining these things to his disciples. He said, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things that are written about me. In the law and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So he's literally doing a systematic theology class here. He's going back to the whole Bible and he's saying how all the... So by the way, here when it says the law of Moses, that's like five books of the Bible from Genesis to Deuteronomy. And then the prophets is pretty much all the history books major prophets, minor prophets. Whenever the Bible says Psalms, it's the rest of the wisdom literature and the poetic books. So it's like a short form of the whole Old Testament, right? So the whole Old Testament, Jesus is saying, has to be fulfilled on Jesus. The whole prophecy, the perfect fulfillment is Jesus. He is the suffering servant who was despised and rejected, who redeemed from our sins, But on the third day, he rose from dead so he can reign everything, even death itself. So is the resurrection important to our faith? Absolutely. 
It's a foundational truth that Christianity was built on. If the disciples didn't see Jesus alive, they wouldn't have changed their worldview overnight. They had a strong Jewish belief and their worldview is very, very strong. For them to change it like that, something radical, paradigm shifting must have happened. That is seeing a dead man alive. And if, if they weren't convinced enough, if they were just thinking maybe that's Jesus, they wouldn't definitely go to a point where to give their own life for that guy that they weren't sure enough. This is the foundational truth our faith system is built on, on the death and resurrection of Christ. But how does it matter to me today? And why does it matter? I get it doctrinally. I get it, okay, Jesus died. I, okay, you sh Dina, you show me some proof. Sounds smart, okay. But what am I going to take it home other than getting a holiday weekend? I travel. At least Christmas holidays has some decorations and songs. I didn't see a lot of sales going on for Easter. It's a little bit sad vibe. <laughs> I was talking to someone. Um, I'm going to throw, throw this country under the bus. Someone from Philippines. Uh, sorry. Maybe it's a joke. Uh, they said um, that we were talking about the Good Friday. And I said, what's the ritual in Good Friday? What's the tradition? And then the guy said, yeah, we celebrate Good Friday and we celebrate Easter. Oh, by the way, on Saturday, we don't do anything. I'm like, what do you mean? No, we just stay home. Usually people don't go out and stay home. I'm like, why? Because Jesus is dead. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious right now? He's not dying every year. <laughs> What's happening? But they really, they, they have the sentiment like, okay, he's probably in the tomb. I know I got to be like safe out here. I can't go out. And people take the Easter in a different way and, 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 and it, it's a joyful moment. We, we enjoy, we hide Easter eggs and we follow different traditions in different countries and we celebrate the life of Christ. But how does it change my life? The way I live today? Or is it just something every other tradition, however you want to celebrate it? I want to give you two words today to remember what resurrection brings to your life. Hope and power. If you like taking notes, you can write hope and power. What do I mean by that? And um, we talked about some of the worldviews before. And there may be people in this crowd, We, you might be in one or the other, or you might be Christian. I don't want to assume. But I want you to think through the implications of what you believe in. Really think through that because it's easy to just say, I believe in this, but you got to think through that. You got to play out that belief until the end and see how it matters to you. So if you say that, hey, um, I, I don't believe in God. I, I just, we are here by accident. We, we just live and die. That's it. There's nothing out there. We just stop existing. H how do we tell our kids that, that belief? Like, hey, Keep living your life, work hard, be a good citizen, love others, be nice to people. Oh, you might 
die one day and never exist. No one will remember you. Everything you work for will disappear. Everyone will, you love will stop existing. And you just become a dust in the ground. That's it. Does it sound very hopeful to you? I mean, even, um, again, even if you believe in that, I, I just want you to like, really think through that. Like, how, how is it going to help me get up today and be nice to Simon? Why do I have to be nice to this guy? It's hard. Well, I'm not saying that. He is a nice guy. I, no, no. I'm saying it's, it's hard to be nice to people. I want to be selfish to do what, what I want to do what I want. Why do I want to be unselfish to someone and be nice to someone? If nothing I do is matter, everything will just stop existing one day and the universe will all disappear and become dust. That's not hope at all. That's the opposite of hope. And, and think to the reincarnation thing as well. I, it, it, it offers something. It says, well, you live, you die, you become another creature in the nature. You will become, I don't know, another human or another human living in a different country or a dog. I don't know. And again, how does it hopeful to me? How can I be sure my next life will be nice? What if it's even worse than this? What's the point of me living right now? If you're going to tell me like next life, I'm, I'm going to be a chicken. and Someone will just eat me or something. And, and even with this, the belief of, oh, I will be a spirit. And, and even some Christians believe that. And I want to be... Really clear on that. We are not going to live forever as spirits. That's not Christianity. And if you believe in that, and that's not hopeful either. Life is good. Being in this body is good. And you, you can touch, you can feel, you can love, you can hug, you can eat some food. I'm not a foodie, but I know a lot of people in this auditorium will love food. And Christian belief doesn't say we're going to live forever as spirits. We believe in resurrection, that we will have a resurrected body, just like Jesus did, with flesh and bones, and we can see and we can feel, we can eat some good food, we can physically enjoy God's beautiful creation. That's how it's going to be. We will go back to the Eden Garden again, like we lived in God's presence forever. Adam and Eve didn't live as spirits. They had body. They lived in the presence of God. See, this is why some Christians are not excited about eternity. When, when they think about heaven, they feel, oh, it's so going to be boring. I have to sing songs all day. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not going um, to be picked if there's a choir in, in heaven. They won't even pick me in the church. So... I don't know how I'm going to sing there. I, I don't think that's all you do all day. So remember what we read before. Jesus was still Jesus in his resurrected body. He didn't become a ghost. He didn't become someone other than himself. And the same thing will going to happen to you. You will still be yourself. Pedro will be Pedro. Unfortunately. <laughs> Our hope is personal to us. Everyone's hope is personal to us. And this is 
what like for example uh, you, we all have dreams and 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 things good things right i'm not talking about bad things something like good things and good pleasures and good blessing that we may not all enjoy it we all walks in different paths of life we all walks in different circumstances i know a lot of young people but i see some not so young people we have seen it that it's hard but the point the hope is that if pedro is going to be pedro for eternity he's not going to be missing out on anything right now because every good pleasure and good blessing that he will miss out right now he's going to have it all back in this body with a glorified body god will truly and completely satisfy the longings of your heart personally in his presence and that's our hope and that's christian hope there's no such thing as gone forever for us because we will live again how do i know that because he lives if he lives then i live that's a hope on the resurrection of christ and church i want you guys to hold on this hope it's beautiful you don't have to run your life again like there's no tomorrow you don't have to run around chasing things because you just want to like take everything as much as possible before i get old i'm already 25 i got to get married before 30 just like changing all your life moving all the parts so you can have it all here you're going to have more than tomorrow you're going to have forever and more see resurrection gives you that hope that changes everything in the present and how you live your life and the other part of which i didn't even touch yet is we don't have time is that whatever we have here right now it's going to be like million times better not worse or not the same there's no sin there's no death there's no sorrow there's no tears there's no crying there is pleasure in god's kingdom there is happiness joy fulfilled in god's kingdom it will be glorious and that's our hope that's our future hope that we are looking for that resurrection brings in our life how would you live your life if you know that your life is not ending at age 80 or 85 and you're going to continue living not as a spirit not as a zombie but in a glorified body one day in this world the new world see that's the concept of we going to heaven is really people use some verses in the bible but it's more like god creating a new heavens a new earth so we can repopulate a new earth still earth before i close um today i want to touch on something something um something is in my heart i i i know enough to know that um just clinging on to a future hope uh, doesn't make your life easy life is hard and certainly god knows that you will have troubles in this life 
and christians are not exempt from it we are not exempt from pain we are not exempt from suffering and and and, and i i spoke to a friend last week that um that he he's he's flying out to meet his dad every week and his dad has cancer and and it's extremely painful cancer and he's going through nerve um it's the pain is in the nerve so you really can't even treat it every morphine you gives you can the only thing you can do is you can completely put him to sleep you can't treat it it's hard and i was visiting another friend uh last month and so this friend taking me to her extended family and um so i met the whole family they were very sweet and nice and the reason for our visit is one of her aunts is diagnosed with cancer so we had a meal together there was no drama right we had a meal we prayed at the end of the prayer the auntie started tearing up and and then she said hey she said to the, my friend here's a gift for you because i don't know if i would see you again when you come back i don't know how long i have and, and every single one in that meal was tearing up and i i want to help i want to comfort i i want to say something smart but i don't know what to say as solid as it may be the the defense for resurrection the defense for our hope that's not what's needed at the time and has glorious it is the hope that i just explained i need more than a hope for a future i need something right now i need something more i need him i need himself i need god to be with me to walk with me in this life or else i can't it's just too hard even though you give me the hope for the future and jesus knows that and that's the beauty of it everything that we process and go through jesus addresses that before he left the world at the end of this passage that we are reading jesus closes his passage in this way and behold i'm sending the promise of my father upon you you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high man every time i study the jesus sufferings and death and resurrection it gets me every time before going to death he was thinking about his disciples before going to death he's thinking about us after resurrection he's thinking about us and he's saying hey by the way don't forget my promise i got you you're going to be clothed with power i'm not leaving you alone he promises us and he's going back to the promise from john 14 that they had in the last supper jesus said and i will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you i will not leave you as orphans i will not i will come to you 
See, you are not alone. You are not, God didn't give you a ticket to heaven and say, well, good luck with your life. Let me know. I will send you the train whenever the time is and figure it out. No, you have the Holy Spirit, the God himself in you, with you. And that is the power. That is the power that he's going to clothe us with, like clothes. The promise of the Holy Spirit is not for someday for the future. It is for you today. And who can, who, who can receive? Anyone who believes in the gospel of the salvation. The same spirit, Paul writes, the same spirit that raised Christ from dead. The resurrection spirit. The spirit that was there at the creation. The same Holy Spirit. He dwells in you to give you life and hope for you today. Paul says, you are sealed in him with the Holy Spirit. And he's our first installment of our inheritance. So the, 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 he's writing this um, way of writing. He's saying that you have so much more waiting in the future. You're going to have the glorious hope of the future. But I'm going to give you a first installment right now. I'm going to show you how you are going to get it. You know what's a guarantee? I'm going to be with you. That's a guarantee. Today is not hopeless. We have a present living hope because the Spirit of God dwells in us. The Spirit abides with you. The Spirit walks with you in difficult times. He convicts us when we sin. Even when we sin over and over again, He convicts us. He calls you back. And He intercedes for you. He gives you strength to overcome the sin. He helps you in your weaknesses. He guides you in your path and your decisions. He equips you with spiritual gifts. Bible says he brings the fruit of righteousness in you. And all the hope I'm talking about before, he's the one who's taking you there. He's guiding you, he's holding your hands and taking you to the promised land. This is beautiful. Like God created us and when we fail, he came and died for us and he had a future hope and then he has an old plan of guiding us to that hope. In this whole process, he's never like, well, you figured it out yourself. You got into your mess. No. The answer for everything in your question lies here. Come back to God. Come back to Christ. Come back to the cross. God don't want you to figure your life out alone. Because he knows you can't. I'm going to invite the worship team as we continue to sing here and worship. See, John finishes his gospel account. So he writes his gospel about who Jesus is. And he's, his intention is in his gospel only to show that Jesus is Christ himself. To show that he is son of God. And as he finishes his gospel, he's writing this in John 20. So then many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book because it's too much. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, 
you may have life in his name. God wants you to have life. Jesus wants you to have life. That's why he went to the cross. And that's why he rose from the dead again. Jesus didn't just die for the cross so that your sin can be forgiven. That's first half. That's for sure. But he rose from the dead so you can live again. He did everything so you can have life in his name. Church, this life produces the love to love other people. This life produces the endurance to perseverance to run your race. This life creates a new creation in you that Paul is talking about. And when God said, I'm going to restore my kingdom. I'm going to bring the kingdom in earth as it is in heaven. And he can do that through you. By giving you life. The scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Our, our hope is not to end in shame or failure. Our hope ends with Jesus. If you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ as Lord, and he is our king, he is our savior of your life. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I, I don't want anyone to, as we sing this song, take time to think about it. If you're not a Christian yet, if you're still figuring out your faith, I, I really want you to think again. See where do you find your hope in life Christianity is not unreasonable faith it's not blind faith if it's a blind faith we won't have things like we just read today the empty tomb wasn't there so Jesus can come out it was there so you can go inside and check it out that he's not there if you really believe that Christ is Lord, if you really believe that he raised Christ from the dead, you will be saved. And then it makes sense what we said before. Jesus lives, so shall I. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, God. God, we thank you for what you did. God, we wouldn't be able to do it ourselves. We still couldn't even after believing, even becoming Christian. We, we still, we fail, God. God, I want that life in me. God, let your Holy Spirit abide in me. Be with me, walk with me, God. God, thank you for the cross. God, I want to pray for people who are still not sure if we have to believe what he said. God, open their hearts. Let them see their truth that is at the cross. God, draw us close to you. God, let you be the king and Lord, not just by, not just what we say, but really live it out, God. God, as we leave this today, 
as we leave out live the rest of our life god let us live with the resurrection power in us let us live with the resurrected life in us god remind us every day what it cost you remind us every day what it took for you to give us life god you want us you want us back in your presence god thank you for that thank you for loving thank you for caring thank you for being with us god draw us closer to you god take us back help us to break that addiction help us to break that that lifestyle that we are living that is not cold not hot and just just being a christian attending church every other sunday god help us to take us back help us to renew our life create in us a new heart pour your spirit in us create in us a new desire to seek you to really live with you to really live close to the word of god help us god God, let you be the king of our life in every area of our life every corner of our life every habits from morning to evening in our hobbies or in our in our job in our studies in our travels in our pleasures god let you be the king of it all god let us live our life in front of the king God you be glorified you be magnified reign in our lives I pray in Jesus name amen